recorded live in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Trivial Warfare. More than just a pub quiz, Trivial Warfare is your gateway to a worldwide trivia community. Join your hosts, Jonathan. We just described Ric Flair as the Neanderthal <laughs> man in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Chris. Yo, we going down to Sesame Street. That's, that's, that's your impression of hardcore rap? No. <laughs> Carmella. That would irritate the hell out of me. I'm like, I just want my groceries. <laughs> my ice cream is melting. Ben. ben. Four halogens in that list. It was, oh, my God. You were like, it's not the halogens. I'm like, no, Ben, no. Those damn halogens got me again. And the rest of the Trivial Warfare Army for another week of fun and games. Now here's your host, Jonathan Oaks. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Warfare. We are the podcast that takes the pub quiz out of the pub and brings it home to you. My name is Jonathan and I am here today with four awesome people and me. Oh, I was going to say, and Chris. Oh. Well, Chris is here. Hey! Say hello, Chris. Hello, Chris. Carmela's here. Say hello, Carmela. Hello, everyone. Uh, Mr. Michael Turner is back with us. Hello, Michael. Hi. Welcome back to me. And Mr. Scott Barber rounds out our group today. Hello, Scott. How are we doing, everybody? Oh, it's good to see you guys. It's good to see you. So we are all in-house right now. And we don't have any guests except for you guys who are in the house, right? So it's weird. We have five people around a four-person table. It's kind of crowded. <laughs> Carmel and I have been getting snuggly. And, oh, see? Snuggly. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. But you know what? This is going to be a faster episode than normal. You know why? Why? Because we don't have to do any intros. Literally, the people heard you last week. They know who you are. Scott, West Virginia. Michael, South Carolina. We got an accountant, then a TV guy. That's right. Right? That's it. All right. Before we jump into warm it up, Chris, today. I just thought of that. Why? Nothing. We, we were having a conversation before, so don't worry about it. We're good. It's, it's an inside joke. It's an inside joke. I like inside jokes. Yeah, we'll tell you about it later. We, got, we have to do the giveaway, Jonathan. It's money to be had. Jonathan was trying. I was in the middle of it. You guys it. Terrible. And then won't tell me why. Yes. <laughs> we actually, have to do actually, I don't know if I should tell him. I don't know. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Now you awesome. have to tell him. I, I actually need to leave the room because one of the questions is mine. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I, just I need to leave the room. That's hilarious. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, get out of here. You can go stand in the closet. <laughs> Nobody puts baby or Michael in a corner. I didn't either until I looked at it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to know if he'd vote for himself or not. <laughs> yeah, but we might give it away. Yeah. No, I hear you. Oh, that's or so he funny. might give it away. Okay, so here we go. Wow. All right, so here's the scoop. We're about to give away a hundred dollars. Woohoo! And we have three awesome questions from three awesome warheads, and the one that we vote on uh, is going to be the one that gets the most votes is going to be the winner. There's three of us to vote on it now. Full disclosure: Michael just had to leave the room. Because when Carmela pulled open the question, she realized one of her contestants is Michael. So he's not going to vote 
and we can't see him. He's literally out of the room. And they don't know which question is which. I have no sure. idea who the questions are from, except one of them is his, and we don't know which one it is. So uh, it's only fair for him not to be in the room while we do this, and that's why he's not going to vote. Okay, so Carmela, take it away. All right. So your first of the three questions is, what two summer blockbuster films released in 1982 are based on the same script written by an iconic Hollywood director? Iconic Hollywood director. It's probably like a gangster movie. And wait, so we can talk this out? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's a group effort. Yeah. Okay. So 1982, one screenwriter, one script. I mean, E.T. was 82, wasn't it? I think it was 81, right? No. No, No? I think it was 82. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was. So what would the other one be? Which other alien movie was there? Alien. Great. Aliens. I mean, it's probably what's, the one, what's the one that Paul Rudd always brings up uh, on Conan that uh, you know I don't watch that. Oh, right? sorry, yeah. I guess you got to remember who you're talking to yeah. here. <laughs> Give me a break. He doesn't like to watch things that feature people the same height as him. It's a true story. <laughs> I also don't like to watch things featuring people who aren't the same height as me. <laughs> he just doesn't like watching things. There you go. So okay, in '82 you got yep. ET. You yep. got. I feel like there was a buddy cop movie. Maybe even like a female well, body cop movie. Well, in '82, there was. The, I mean, Eddie Murphy released. I believe he did um, Trading Places, and thought there was also uh, Forty Eight Hours, but no, that doesn't. No, they don't really match up to. So well. who were yeah, the in, in 1982? Who are the iconic directors? Scorsese, Spielberg. Spielberg. Spielberg well, hot. I don't know. If Spielberg was considered iconic at that point in time. I mean, but he, he is, is now. now. But I mean, sure could be that. Wait, could it be E.T. and Close Encounters? No, Close. That's their Close Encounters different. was earlier. You sure it was earlier? I'm pretty sure it was earlier. Yeah, and it wouldn't be too... He didn't write either of those. The question said written by. It's not going to be two movies by the same director. Meaning he might have done one of them. Wait, wait. Well, wait a second. Iconic director. Could it be Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles? Not blockbusters. blockbusters? Not blockbusters. Not at that point in time they were. Absolutely. No, no. Those don't fit blockbusters. No, E.T. is a blockbuster. Yeah, Jaws is a blockbuster. Jaws is a blockbuster. Not a mega hit. <laughs> exactly. You guys got to... F- <laughs> Words mean stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with E.T. Because that fits. I mean, it doesn't but fit anything. The, we need, we need other, something else that goes with it. What's the other movie that would be similar? Hey, Carmela's telling us to wind up. Yeah, we're up. getting the wrap it up sign. Yeah, we're getting She's the light. Playing the, the music. Yeah, we're getting we're getting played off the stage here. So, uh, uh, I said, I'm thinking. I'm I'm still thinking. Pretty in pink and sixteen candles. Okay, That's that, my answer. that can be your answer. You, can, you guys can figure out whatever the heck you want and spend That's another fine. twenty minutes figuring out. Uh, my answer is I give up. Uh, okay, let's go. Et and Mac and me. <laughs> there you go. All right. So the answers I have here are Et and Poltergeist are both based on around a script called Night Skies, written by Steven Spielberg. Wow. Huh. Okay. It is Spielberg. It is Spielberg. The script and it was, was originally written as a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Spielberg used the alien bits of the script as a basis for E.T. and made it family-friendly. And then the horror bits of the script was he used as a producer on oh, Poltergeist. no now way. Now that's interesting. Toby Hooper didn't like, who was the director, didn't like the alien element of the script, so he changed it to a ghost story. Just broke it off. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I okay. want to read a book about this. Yeah, I want to I want to know everything about yeah. this entire story. Yes. Okay. All right. So that's, so that's question number one. All right. Cool. Your question number two. They have the subject of trivia trap. So the question is, in 1984, the creators of Trivial Pursuit were sued for copyright infringement. 
when they included a copyright trap answer copied from Fred L. Worst Trivia Encyclopedia. What fictional Californian sleuth's first name was at the center of this lawsuit? That's a lot of questions. Uh, okay, so fictional California. So the trick, the trick here is that the sleuth, the fictional sleuth, doesn't have a first name. Was it Encyclopedia Brown? Maybe. So, but that's the trick. There's no real first name. Right, they made one up and made or well, or well, there was a copyright on the name, and that was the problem. Well, Encyclopedia Brown's first name was Leroy. It probably is Encyclopedia Brown. He was from California. It was Idaville, California. Yeah. Hmm. I think we should do it. Yeah, I'm okay. good with that. Encyclopedia Brown. Is. All right, we're gonna say Encyclopedia Brown. All right, I have the answer as Lieutenant Columbo. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. that's right. Columbo. The encyclopedia huh. incorrectly listed his first name as Philip, but Columbo's first name oh. has never been revealed. See, oh, although, I remember that. Although yeah. screenshots okay, I remember this question. Yeah. of his ID in early episodes can be shown, uh, shown Frank Columbo as the whole name. Okay. That wow. was my that was my point by saying it's okay. going to be somebody without a first name. Gotcha. Right. They made one up. Yep. Okay. Like Kojak. I got you. Oh, man. Okay. okay. That's good. All right. And your last question. In 1957, President Harry Truman and First Lady Bess Truman visited Disneyland. While at the park, the president declined his turn on what ride. It was a political stance of sorts. Uh, it has to be Dumbo. Why? Because it's an elephant and, uh, and Democrats are... Uh, are oh, uh, are yeah. okay. That's a nice, that's a nice answer. I like All right. that. All right. So we're going to say Dumbo. The answer is Dumbo the Flying Elephant. Chris Hollister for the win. Holy crap, these were all good questions. All good questions. Can we give everybody 100 there's, bucks? There's some text. President okay. Truman was a Democrat and didn't want to be photographed atop the Republican Party symbol. Yep. Make it a donkey and I'll do it, he quips. Uh, <laughs> he should have like lifted his leg over it like he's been <laughs> on it. I love Truman. Truman was great. That's Just great. So those are your Man. three questions. They were all, in my opinion, very good questions. These are all so, good questions. But now you guys have a decision to make. Hmm. For me, it's it's between one and three. For me, it's between one and three. What are the questions again? The so, so the first movies. one is the two movies. The second one is the uh, trivia Col- trap. Yeah. That was the really Columbo. good, too. And then the third one was the Dumbo ride. The only thing with the second one was it was a little confusing. It got a little wordy and it was confusing. The first I didn't one think th- it was confusing. Okay. Well, that's you. So this is me, and I get a vote, and I'm thinking one between one and three. My vote's number one, even though I was happy to get three. I really like number one, but just because the thing is, is I'm sure I'm going to tell this to Mike Cameron, and he's going to be like, oh, yeah, everybody should know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where he's going to be like, yeah, idiot, of course, that's, that. that's exactly the way it went down, because he knows that, all that stuff. Well, uh, he sound like comic book guy as he talks to you about it. Uh, yeah, well, okay. you know... D- to me, it's okay. So, <laughs> where's the question? But yeah, Mike, Michael, Michael, just laugh at me, make fun of me that I didn't already know it. Uh, but I gotta go number one. Gotta go number one. All right. Well, then number one is gonna win. I would have actually voted for number three. Okay. Uh, I like its simplicity. I like how it relies on you knowing something else about the situation. Uh, I thought it was very clever. Uh, but number one is our winner. So, Carmela, can you announce who the winner... Actually, you know what? Let's bring Michael back up before we announce oh, the winner. Oh, man. I want a reaction. Michael, come up. Lucy, I'm home. If his is number three, I'm... Yeah, well, <laughs> we, we don't know who won yet. We know who we voted for, but we don't know who it is. 
So we're bringing you up for the reveal. So this is go- this has the potential to be really awkward. It could be you. <laughs> it, you have a you have a one in three chance. I like, I like my okay. Good. All right. So this is more for the camera. So look straight into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so the the question that they voted for was question number one, and that was submitted to me by the gentleman to my right, Michael oh, Turner. Yes. <laughs> I will say it was not unanimous, though. Okay. No, I voted against you. No, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> true. I wasn't going to say not, who. You got my back. There were, there were three really huh? good questions. They were, three. Really they were fantastic. Yep. No, so this is awesome. I can actually like give him the $100 in cash <laughs> and not have to pay the PayPal fees for this crap. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, that is congratulations. Awesome. That was a great question. That's a good question. I didn't yeah. know that. Both Scott and Jonathan and I both all three agree we want to read more about that. Yeah, I want to that read was, everything about it. There, I hope there's a book. We got to E.T., but we couldn't get to Poltergeist. When I when I pulled the questions up, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Michael's here. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> Jonathan, this is like the old school when you like talk to the person on the phone. I know, right? So how show. do you feel about this, Michael? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm $100 richer. Yeah. I'm going to Disney World. You didn't even have to go up your you seat. You can at ride the, the Dumbo ride. Oh. <laughs> That's right. He can run the he can ride the Dumbo ride. Except unless... they've replaced the elephants with lifelike elephants. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah, and, really? and they reflect swans. Are you oh. not joking? Call back, Chris. There's a new live de- Dumbo it's, movie. It's the Tim oh, Burton it's a movie. joke, dude. Yeah. It's a reference to Tim Burton movie. Leave me alone. I'm watching Shazam tomorrow. Shazam. We're all watching. Shazam. All right, we're moving on. Warming up, Chris. It's time to warm it up. A trivial warfare today, and there's only one person who can warm it up for the TWA, and that's Chris, and sometimes Jonathan. All right. <laughs> wow. Um, I'm not used to uh, going. Hold on, this- hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Got to pop open a fresh one. It's called a freshie. <laughs> it didn't have to splash in my face. It was, now it it's was, a party. Uh, it yeah. was upset that you got fresh with it. I had to pop open a cold one. Of Mountain Dew. A diet Mountain Dew, actually. All right. Now now may I go, Jonathan, or do you want to continue to sip your tasty beverage that we're not going to promote here because they don't pay us one dime? Were you out of breath when you were saying that? No, I'm a little nasally. <laughs> I'm a little stuffy. Okay, stuffy. Warm because, it up. Warm it up, stuffy. This Warm It Up Chris question is actually brought to us uh, by Will Gilbert. So, Will, thank you very much, Thank you, sir. Will. Thanks, Will. All right. And Will says... The only other, uh, the other warming up Chris question that I've submitted to you because he submitted us the Ernest questions a few months ago. Oh, I yeah. loved the Ernest movie yes. question. But he said that I created another one uh, in a similar vein. There are many Chicken Soup for the Soul books that have been published since 1993. So much so there have been over 250 of them. Have there really been published? That's correct. holy yes. macaroni. As a matter of fact, he's listed all 250 of them. So we're going over them starting now. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, Yay. so basically what he did was he wrote up either, is this a, an actual chicken soup for the soul book, or is this something that came out of Will Gilbert's uh, mind? So we're going to find out, is this actual or not? So right? is it weird? It could be weird, yes. All right, just check. It could be a little different, not going to lie. All right, Will. All right, Michael, Yes. you get to go first, sir. Lovely. Chicken soup for the soul, here comes the bride. Uh, yeah, I. Why not? Let's go with yes. And the answer is yes. It was well done, Jonathan with the soft J. I have a hard J. <laughs> Didn't need to know nope. that. 
what are you laughing for? My J is hard. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's never been soft. Gross. Anyway, John Gross. Jonathan, you get chicken soup for the emoji lover's soul. No. No, it is not. I said that mine might be gross. (laughs) Carmella. Yes. Knowing you, I thought this would be appropriate. Knowing you. Chicken soup for the soul. I can't believe my cat did that. Oh, but I can. I can believe it. Uh, (laughs) No. Yes, it was. I'm terribly sorry. All right. Mr. Barber. Yes, sir. All right. Chicken soup for the soul. You can't say that on Thanksgiving. And you can't do that on television. You can't tell me what to do. I don't know. Yeah, let's go yes on that one. I'm sorry that Uh, came out of Will's head, so that is incorrect, my friend. I think of people arguing over politics at Thanksgiving. That's Mm. the reason I thought, eh, maybe. But (laughs) Will has a hard G. There you go. Still, we're on that. I thought we passed that. Gilbert and Sullivan. <sighs> oh, all right, Michael. Yes. Still trying to get through this. All right, so you get chicken soup for the soul sleepover edition. Sleepover edition. Oh no. Oh, definitely yes. I was gonna say yes. It is not one. Oh, oh, well done. All right, boo, Jonathan. What you get? Chicken soup for the soul. Oh, Canada, the wonders of winter. Yes. Yes, it was. Oh, Canada. It's been Spe- a lot of singing in the last five minutes. I'm feeling very <laughs> musical. Speaking of uh, speaking of Canada, Carmela, you get chicken soup for the soul. Hooked on hockey. No. Yes, it was. <laughs> wow. All right. So, Scott, yes. Mr. Barber, you get yes. chicken soup for the soul. You're changing body. <laughs> you see, when a man. <laughs> Never mind. When a man. I, I don't. I, what? You're changing body? Yes, it's like you're a puberty thing, body. dude. Yeah. When it's time to change. <laughs> it's time to change. I'm sure you had to read it in order to grow that beard. Well, you know, thankfully, wow. no. Uh, let's go, yes. Judy Bloom wrote it. Is it is not. Oh, I'm oh, terribly sorry. Man, oh, I, I thought that was a yes. I thought it was Man, terrible. you're not quite warmed up yet, I'm is terrible. what you're saying. Right. I'm terrible. No, you're not terrible. You're far from terrible, my friend. Uh, no, no, you're more not. like awful. That's, you got a ways wow. to go, yeah. yeah. I'm still working on you terrible. you got further to go to get it's, terrible. It's still early. It's still yes. early in the game, so yeah. I still have uh, room for growth. There you go. All right. So <laughs> changing Michael, body. That's right. Michael, you get chicken soup for the soul, celebrates cats and the people who love them. Celebrates cats and the people who so love them. this is them. the Carmela edition. Sure. Yes. Um... <laughs> You just immediately associate me with, with yes. cats. <laughs> yes. I was say, we could associate you with cats, Jonathan. I barely even like mine. Are you kidding? Rambo stood on my eye this morning. Yeah, you're still whining about that. It happened this morning. Yeah. Can we go back to Michael, please? I said eaten. yes. And the answer is, yes, it is. Well Whoa. done. Michael. All right. Killing it. Jonathan. Yes. You get chicken soup for the soul. Just us girls. <sighs> just us girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been in a few of those conversations. <laughs> How emasculating is that? <laughs> jeez. Oh, jeez. I got to reevaluate my life. Mm. I'm going to say no. Yes, it was. Darn it. Uh, all right, Carmela, something we're also very familiar with working where we work. Chicken soup for the middle manager's soul. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it was not. Oh, oh wow. it. I finally got one. Jonathan, you and I are terrible. I'm at this. awful We're at this. We're terrible at this. You and I are like over. All right. 
Mr. Barber. Uh, let's keep going. Okay. Chicken soup for the soul in menopause. See, when your body changes, <laughs> this is this is more changing body thing. This is on the other you end. You notice I'm it. coming up with a theme for yeah, you right now. I'm, yes. I'm picking up on Time this. Time for change. Oh. <laughs> next next round, you're going to get my elderly life. Yeah, really. <laughs> Chicken soup for the soul picking out your casket. <laughs> wow. It's a nice maple wood. It's a, yes. It's a maple bacon Is wood. that beautiful? Is that velvet? Is that velvet? It's beautiful. My instinct says yes, so I'm going to say no. The answer is yes, it was. It was. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so bad. You are so terrible. So bad. I'm traditionally bad at warm it ups, but this is even particularly bad for me. Scott, would you like to have one of the ones I got right? <laughs> I need I would have missed ones both of right. yours. I would have missed both of yours too. Or all three. Uh, maybe all three, yeah. So, Michael, yes. you get chicken soup for the ex-con soul. Yeah, they, they need a lot of help coming out, coming back into society, so I'm going to say yes. I'm sorry. No, it was oh, not. Oh, no, it was oh, he lost his mojo, and I picked it fine. up. Here we go. All right. So, Jonathan, you get chicken soup for the Latter-day Saint soul. That's yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Wow. I go. picked up your mojo. All right. Carmella. Carmella, you get chicken soup for the scrapbooker's soul. Uh, sure. Yes, it was. Scrapbookers right. need love too, baby. Right. Yes, sure. <laughs> so, so, Scott. Yes. This is the last one. Don't mess it up, this Scott. This is all about you. Okay? This is your can't one wait, right? shot. This is my fight. last shot. Yes. My last opportunity. Yeah. Do not, yes. Do not throw away your shot on this one, okay? Chicken soup for the Hasidic soul. No. No, it was all not. Right. Oh, think about it all just no <laughs> and thanks to will gilbert that is your warming up chris question he only for the said no because he doesn't know what hasidic means <laughs> how thank dare you, you will i appreciate he you. thought it was science he's like opp- acids and bases it's the opposite of base i know what exactly all right good job will thank you hey folks this is jonathan i am breaking in with a quick announcement for you this won't take long i just wanted you to know that this week we are kicking off wave two of trivial warfare blitz we are going to have two waves in a row over the next two months you will find them on the trivial warfare blitz podcast that's right trivial warfare blitz has its own podcast feed it is free for all just search for trivial warfare blitz on your podcast app and subscribe and you can look for the first episode of wave two this thursday april 25th that's when it's going to come out all right guys go check it out trivial warfare blitz it is ready for you today's game it is scott and chris versus jonathan and michael carmella is hosting and it is time to play the game players Aw, yeah. You know what time it is. This is Mr. Warm It Up himself, cordially inviting you to the game. This is six rounds of trivia yumminess. Three questions per round. Every right answer will get you ten points. In the middle, we'll take a pause for the cause and ask a midpoint question worth up to 20 juicy points. After round six, you can wager any or all of those points that you've been building up and take a shot at the final round. It's a series of theme-based questions that we get to call the gauntlet. 
It's just that easy, baby. But this game ain't gonna play itself, players. Let's get it on! I love that intro that Chris does, the, the Chris version of that. It's just, it makes me feel like not the whitest guy that listens to the show. <laughs> That's I what had I to whiten before. Chris up, though. He had to do like 20 takes to get as white oh, as I really? wanted to be, oh, yes. Because it comes off right, man. My backside. Chris, this is a minutes. compliment. It took us 10 This minutes. is a compliment. I'm saying you had far too much swag, and I had no, no, to no. really had, work with you. I on had it. way too much country, is what it was. All right. All right. Your, I'm ready. Your first category in round one is first an obligatory sports question. Woohoo! Sports. Sport ball. Sport. How many players are on a standard volleyball team? Team on the court or total? On the court. So how Beach many? Beach or regular? Uh, standard volleyball. So that would be regular, I would assume. We're locked in. Circle that okay. number. All right. Well, actually, we could talk about it, Scott, because they were quick on the draw, like the horse named McGraw. Yeah. So it's six on each side of the court. Okay. So 12 total. So are they asking for a team, or are they asking for... She asked how many people were on... I mean, On the court? Yes. Total. How oh. many players are on a standard volleyball team? team. Oh, on a team. Okay. So that's what I had. I originally had six written down. Okay. So and with, okay, with I, it being yeah. per... Yeah. I yeah. think you're on it as well, but you were going for the whole court. Yeah, so I was going for the whole court. Okay. okay. So six it is? Yeah. We'll Let's do, lock in yeah. with six. We, six. I've played a lot of volleyball. It's six. The answer is six. All right. That's one. It's ten now. It's not going to be a shutout. All right. Category is I've got chills. They're multiplying. Now an entire category of videos available on YouTube. Tube. On YouTube. (laughs) YouTube. What does ASMR stand for? All right. We're going to lock in. Okay, so you at least have an idea of I think what this so. is. I, 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 well, I could be totally off on this. I've yeah, fair been, enough. I've been off before. I thought this was the... I thought this had to do with, like, white noise, um, but I don't know what the letters stand for. Okay, so, cause, so could S be static? Maybe static, maybe... Uh, sound? Maybe sound. Like alternate sound modification response? Or recording. Or recording, yeah. I don't know. Alternate sound modification recording. I don't know. Okay, I let's don't know. just let's just go with that because again, I think my Amazing Spider-Man romance is wrong. I like Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> romance a Thank lot you. better. I appreciate but, that, but I'd rather at least attempt to try to be right. Alternate sound. What it was modification, <laughs> modification recording. recording. That's how much yes, confidence we have in this. Yeah, exactly, okay. Carmelo. All right, Margaret Zero. You're dude. locked in. Yeah, sure. Yes, sure. <laughs> you know what? I am. Ah. All right, they've already gotten their zero written down. Um, so ASMR is the tingly feeling, like if somebody's tickling the back of the hairs on your neck and it gives you a chill. Oh, that's okay. what ASMR that makes sense. is. Um, it's like your spider sense is tingling. Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, you were close on that part. So I don't know the acronym stands for either. Uh, the best I could come up with, and Michael kind of co-signed on this, I said audio sensory and response for the R, and Michael kind of said maybe motor. And so that's what we want. We said audio sensory motor response. Hmm. Okay. ASMR is that kind of tingly feeling that you have. Uh, there's a lot of crossover between it and music chills. So, like, if you ever have that weird chill moment, like with the tingling in the back of your head, mm-hmm. that, that's basically what it is. Okay. Um, but ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. No. Oh, no. So you can mark yourself as a zero also, yeah. Mr. 
Yeah, that's a zero. They, you were a bit closer, though. Thank you, Carmela. Still get no points. Still wrong. For it, that's but right. congratulations no. on being. It was the best wrong, wrong answer. That's right. <laughs> and your last category in the round is they're multiplying. Nice. nice. Yes. Wow. Well played, Carmelo. Very well played. Leporidae is a taxonomical family that contains what kind of animals? And I'll spell Leporidae for you. L-E-P-O-R-I-D-A-E. Okay, we're locked in. Okay, so I know that Lepidoptera is moths. I don't know if Leporidae is the the singular root for Lepidoptera. Okay. There's a syllable different. Lepidop versus Leporid. Right. They're very close though. And then it makes me think what about butterflies? Right. Maybe that's maybe they're different because they're butterflies. That's that's the first thing that came to my mind. That's what I wrote down. Now, what made you think that? The the same token like, from the Lepidoptera family. Is there any multiplying clue there? And they're multiplying. The category is they're multiplying? Yes. Are, oh, what if it's rabbits? Rabbits, sex, bunnies, I, uh, lots of baby rabbits. Night of the Lepus. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What if, okay. say, say that again. Night of the Lepus was about rabbits. Lepus? Yeah, yeah. yeah Lepus yeah. is a rabbit? Yeah. Lip, poor lip. That's I yeah. mean, the the multiplying like thing yeah, yeah. that goes with bunnies pretty well. Yeah, I say we go with that. All right, we're gonna say rabbits. Okay. Well, the animal we chose could eat your rabbits, and we chose. Uh, I was thinking lichen, um, werewolves, and whatnot, and we wrote down wolves. We weren't. We did not. I did not even take in consideration the the category name, which we yeah. should have. Should have. Carmel is very good very at giving good little at clues, clues on yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so wolves are usually uh, associated with the word lupus. Lupus. Yeah. Uh, but Jonathan did pick up on the clue of their multiplying. Leploridae are rabbits or hares. Yeah! Nice job. Wow. Good job. At the end of the first round, Jonathan and Michael have 20. Chris and Scott have 10. All right, we got to get off the Still shine. not shut out. That's true. That's true. All right, that is the end of the first round. Before we go on to the second round, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. I always get excited when a HelloFresh box shows up at my door. They send me pre-measured ingredients. They shop. They plan. They deliver it right to me. And it's awesome. That's right. Awesome. One of my favorite things about it is the chance to get out of that same old, same old, right? This time, uh, with the most recent box, I got out of my comfort zone by discovering that I like dill. Not like dill pickles, but like creamy dill chicken so i made this and uh my favorite part was the sauce it was really good it was this fresh dill inside of the sauce with roasted potatoes and green beans and i really really loved it and i love that sebastian enjoyed it too he had no qualms about eating it he thought it was delicious that's right you can count on hello fresh to be good for your picky eaters it is kid tested and approved you can spend less time yourself meal planning and grocery shopping that allows you more time back doing what you love. Like, oh, I don't know, playing with those kids that you're trying to feed. Yeah, I know. I, I like doing that, too. So you can get in on this. You can get seasonal, simple recipes, pre-measured ingredients right to your door every doggone week. 
and they've got a great deal for our Trivial Warfare listeners right now. For $80 off of your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TWA80 and enter the promo code TWA80. That's right. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash TWA80 and enter promo code TWA80. All right, let's get on with the second round. All right. First category in round two is Saving Grace. What iconic structure that still stands today was set to be destroyed after its 20-year lease, but was saved because of the single antenna at the top proved to be valuable for communications within the city? How confident are you feeling? Pretty, pretty confident. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right, if you want to lock it in, go for it. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, I had a... What, what, okay, well, let me, let's talk it out. Yeah, okay. All right, guys, we are going to lock in. Okay, I'm not getting burned by uh, a category name again. And so originally <laughs> you wrote Eiffel Tower. Why did you write that? Well, I knew it was supposed to be torn down. Uh, I, I knew really? It was, yeah, it was, it was scheduled to only be up as a temporary thing. It was, I think it was with the World's Fair. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think it was only supposed to be up for a limited amount of time and then torn down. They would actually planned to sell some of the parts for it. I, I can't remember the details to it, but I remember it was supposed to be torn down, and then it stayed up. And I'm pretty okay. sure it has a radio. To, uh, I mean, that would, and that top. would make sense. But the question is, if it was supposed to be done within the 20 year span, and I think it was 20 done, year lease, 20 year lease, right? Yeah. Which I think was done. I mean, it was built in what in the 1880s? Yeah, because it was shortly. It was right around the same time that the uh, Statue of Liberty. Yeah, if I remember correctly, that's that's about right. Yeah, if not, Jonathan will probably correct no. It's us in a it's few moments, it's so. about right. No, <laughs> but it's general time. Frame yeah, right. but would they be using that as an antenna at that period of time? Do you see what I'm saying? Now, mind you, it'd be so twenty years twenty off, years later, so it'd be like be, in 1908. Yeah, and uh, which possibly because radio waves were being used at that point in time. Okay, I could but, be talked out of it. Okay, but the reason why I was mentioning, and this is. Okay, you, you see yeah, left field? I, see the, I, I want see you to the, go to left field yeah, yeah. and then keep going and left. And just stand there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because uh, the, the category name is Saving Grace. And in the sh- TV show Grey's Anatomy, there's a hospital called uh, Grey. Uh, it's called uh, Seattle Grey something or other. And it has okay. like about six or seven different names. And I was thinking the Space Needle. Because I remember on top of the Space Needle, there is an antenna on top there because there's a long pointy thing. Okay. And so could I be... Off the deep end and swimming, yeah. maybe, but um, if your gut is telling you the Eiffel Tower, I'd rather go with your gut than my crazy TV thought process. Well, at the same time, I do, I'm just trying to think through it. Would they tear down the entire Space Needle after 20 years? To be honest, I've never been to Seattle, sure. so it's not like I can say, I mean, that maybe there was. Oh. Do we go off of Chris's deep answer or, or <laughs> left field answer or Scott's? Uh, well, your, yours is better with the category and mine's, uh, I, I know that I yeah. know it's supposed to be torn down. Okay. So that's the two things we're struggling with. Yeah. Whichever one you want to go with. No, I'm good with. Do it. Make call. All right. We're going to go. Our, our final answer is we're going with Eiffel Tower. <sighs> so we knew, I know that the Eiffel Tower is a, popular communications tool it's it's very important in communications in paris uh we knew it was world's fair based so we figured it could have just been a temporary plan to have it there uh, because of the world's fair and uh 
we couldn't think of anything better. It had to be a structure. It had to be iconic. Uh, so we said Eiffel Tower. So this was built to commemorate the centennial of the French Revolution. It was actually part of the contest in the design is that it could be easily taken down because the city of Paris was only going to lease that space for 20 years, but its saving grace was an antenna, and that was the Eiffel Tower. Oh, okay. There it is. Good job. There it is. Good job. Cool. I really wanted you to say Space Needle. <laughs> of that course con- how are you going to take down that concrete, man? That I was wondering. Huge. I was like, that thing is huge, and it, it's, it would be difficult, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Also, I've yeah. never seen Grey's Anatomy, so... Oh. Fair enough. But the antenna on top is called Saving Grace? I thought this no, was No, he be... was saying the Saving Grace. That of, was the Saving Grace the of saving the grace. Eiffel Tower. Oh, okay. That's you, what okay. saved it. All right. So your next category is science. Science! And this is brought to us by Steve Ellison. Thank you, Steve. Oh, boy. <laughs> Craps. <laughs> no, no, actually. No? Okay. Uh, yes, the science of gambling. I was um, saying he loves craps. <laughs> it's a crap. I'm a big the, fan of craps myself. I was say, now that I think the about game. It. No, let's, let's clarify. But not bumped. Okay. Is are, there just too many? Um, are we done here? I'm just yeah. saying that Lauren Carey should have been here for that joke. Oh. It has been previously revealed on Trivial Warfare that the two chemical elements that are liquid at room temperature are mercury and bromine. Room temperature is open to interpretation, but it's common among scientists to list it around 73 degrees Fahrenheit or 23 degrees Celsius. However, during the angry summer of 2012 to 2013, the temperature in many parts of Australia reached 113 degrees Fahrenheit or 45 degrees Celsius. And at that temperature, there are five other elements that become liquid. Of those five, two are named after the same European country. What are they? Yeah, that's a enough. lot of questions. So enough. you want that's a lot to unpack. So you I'm want enough. the two? Yes. Or you want all five? No, I want two. You want the? I two. want the two that are named after the same country. Okay. Okay. Irelandium. <laughs> Carmelo, we're locked in. Okay. Okay, so we're um, not good at this category, either yeah. one of us. <laughs> both of us have Francium written down, and we both wrote Germanium. And I'm worried that's the plant germanium, and I'm right. just not even an element, right? Uh, so we're trying to think of another word for either of those countries that could be an element, like Deutschlandium. If we had a Deutschlandium, we could pair it with germanium, and there we go. But we don't think that's an element. So we're trying to think of another word for France. Is there another name for France? Do you know another name for France? I don't. I feel like it's got to be Francium and something, right. dude. I don't either. It, just for clarification in the question, it's two names for the same country? Yes. Thank you. Andorra, Spain, Poland. I mean, you wrote down Polonium, but I feel like Marie Curie's husband's name was Polonius or something right. like that. And I thought that was named after him. No, it's it's got to be France or Germany. It's got to be I France just don't know Germany. what they are. Deutschium. Come on. Appear in my head. There's a Darmstadium. Dysprosium. Oh, I got nothing, dude. Me neither. All right. Uh, we're going to say... You said something about Allende. What was that? Aleman, I believe, is German in the French language. Aleman is German. What's France in the French language? I don't know. Lay France. France. All right. We're going Francium and Francium. <laughs> 
All right, Scott. Uh, again, this unfortunately was one of those questions. It had geography in it, which I suck at, and it had science in it, which I suck at. So we, you had to do all the heavy yeah, lifting. I'm, I'm not much better in either one. So we just went with uh, germanium as well, and we went scandium, hoping it's Scandinavia, but uh, we probably, also kind of misheard the probably question not. Too. Yeah. yeah. So. So I need to make a couple of corrections on what people have talked about. You're thinking of a geranium. Which is a kind of flower. So there is no germanium. I don't know if there is a germanium. No, there's definitely I didn't a look. germanium. I was yeah. going to say, right. I, we, yeah. but you were talking about a plant that's a geranium. Oh, okay, not a germanium. Yeah, polonium is named after Poland. Oh shoot! So um, yeah. Marie Curie's husband's name was Pierre Curie. Pierre. <laughs> you said Polonius, Whatever. and I'm laughing to myself. Pierre, you should have laughed out loud. I'm like, oh, Polonius. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, not that far off. He could have been Greek. So what did the uh, what did the Romans call the area that is now France? Gallium. So gallium. It's gallium and no! francium. There it is. I love it when Jonathan's wrong. It just makes me happier than just about anything, unless I'm on his team. God, he's a, another name for France. Uh, <laughs> thank wow. you, Carmela. Thanks, Steve. You just made my day. That's fantastic. Sun Do you want some Tylenol, Jonathan? I'm, now I'm thinking of springtime for Hitler. Yeah, I was too. No time for Poland and France. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. uh, he did give the other three that are liquid at at that temperature, because apparently it got like really hot in Australia. The other ones were phosphorus, cesium, and rubidium. Hmm. You said rubidium, like ruby d. Rubidium. 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 I heard rubidium. No, I said rubidium. All right. Druidia. You didn't get gall. Hey. hey. <laughs> Only attitude out of you, Missy. Hey. Yeah, well, you're the one giving me attitude. When she, All right, speaks, when she speaks the truth. All right. Your last category in the round is Dutch angle. <laughs> okay. Is that like a Dutch oven? Uh, Not quite. <laughs> no. According to biographer Edmund Morris... What president attempted to join a communist party in his youth, but was ultimately rejected? Maybe that informed his relationship with communism in later years. U.S. president? Yeah, we're locked in. Oh, we were just locking in. Okay, so I started with this. I've read a three-book biography by Edmund Morris on Teddy Roosevelt. Best biography series I've ever read. It's fantastic. So I knew that Morris did a biography on Roosevelt. But because I've read that, I also know that the answer is not Roosevelt. Uh, that's all I really contributed to the conversation. And Michael, <laughs> uh, what did you have to say? I, I was just trying to think of, with the communism, who would be in charge of going after uh, Joseph McCarthy. Uh, and that took me to, the, like Jonathan said, the Truman, Eisenhower, Kennedy years. So we ended up going with Kennedy. All right. We actually were th- about the same line and same step for process as y'all were. And uh, we were talking about Kennedy, we were talking about um, uh, Nixon, and then Scott had an epiphany. Well, How much did that cost? Hopefully, hopefully well, an epiphany. Well, it, it is the weekend, so there are higher rates for epiphanies. Buck 75. But I had remembered that I, I believe Dutch was a nickname for Ronald Reagan oh. uh, with his relationship with communism with the Cold War and mm-hmm. Gorbachev, Gorbachev tear down and, this wall. Yeah. So down these walls. I, I think it's Ronald Reagan. So we locked in with Reagan. Where the category name came from, I forgot about the category. A lot of people probably know Edmund Morris's name because he wrote Theodore Rex, which was uh, part of that biography series that Jonathan was talking about. 
Uh, just a fun fact about my uh, category name, Dutch angle is also a type of uh, camera shot, which would also inform the answer for this because the book was also called Dutch, a Ronald Reagan memoir. Wow. Scott, that was awesome. Lucked into it. Whew. No, that was that was really good thought process. Nice job, man. I did. She, when she said Dutch angle, I thought, okay, Netherlands, what are we talking about here? And then after the, she read the question, I just didn't think of it again at all. If I'd have thought of it one more time, it would have been obvious. Nice job, Scott. Yeah, so apparently, at least according to the biography, he wanted to, he tried to join the uh, Hollywood Communist Party um, and wasn't able to. And then, of course, when he became the president of the Screen Actors Guild and became basically an informant to Joseph McCarthy, it was like a complete 180. That is the end of the second round. Score is 30 to 30. Tie game. All right. All Scott, all the time. I don't know about that. I doubt that. Your first category round three is Carmella reads the lyrics to a hit. Uh, <laughs> can we make it uh, rap? Come the, on. The I'm not rapping this. Uh, unless it's a rap song. Spoken word? Yes, Chris. It's spoken word. <laughs> you should dramatize it. Dude, that was amazing when Ben did that a few weeks ago. Yeah, if I had practiced that, maybe, but not, not pop my head. <laughs> What mid-80s pop hit has the following lyrics? Some boys romance. Some boys slow dance. That's all right with me. If they can't raise my interest, then I have to let them be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're 100% locked right. In. Yeah. We're locked in. We're locked in. Okay. You, you want, want a 3, three two, 1? Okay. Scott, you want a 3? Michael, you going to do it? Yeah, absolutely. 3, 2, 1. Material girl. So, um, am I supposed to sing it? No, damn yes. right. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go, I don't, I don't Michael. Yes. There it is. It's all right with me. <laughs> Does this mean I don't have to sing it? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll sing it anyway. Why not? Ah. Will you sing it karaoke tonight? I, I might, if all you guys right. want me to. Now right. we're talking. Some boys romance, some boys slow dance. That's all right with me. With me. They can't raise my interest, then I have to let them be. Because we are living. In, oh, I can do the Barbie girl style. Because <laughs> we are living in a material world. Uh, so that is Material Girl by Madonna. It hit number two in 1985. That's one of the first, <laughs> first videos I ever remember seeing. On Me MTV. too. Categories bottoms up. Hey, that's hey, perfect, yes. You're still in the... No, <laughs> if I were to walk up to a bartender and ask for a bourbon, neat, what does neat mean in this context? You want a three, two, one it? All right, who's answering for you guys? Michael. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. No, no ice. So to get a drink neat is to be served without ice. It is just poured from the bottle to a glass. Nice job. I think that's go. neat. That's a neat question. That's a neat question. There's Thank no you. ice in it. Getting back to Madonna, wasn't it Kevin Costner that called Madonna's set neat in during her? Yes, yes, it was during her. Uh, uh, oh, what was it? Was, I have no it idea. Was the, the black it was and white the, movie. Well, it was the sex tour? It was, oh, yeah, the, uh, it was during sex. He yeah. he met her backstage. Truth or dare tour? Truth yeah, or dare. that's, that's a truth it. or dare tour. And and he meets her backstage. There's video of him calling. He's like, oh, it was a neat show. Yeah, and then her face. And then she's just like, oh my god, he called it neat. Oh. Uh, just funny because we have Madonna and the Neat. So <laughs> maybe I did that on purpose. Maybe I you know did. Carmella did that on purpose. <laughs> I didn't do that on purpose. Child of the eighties. 
I was born in the 80s. See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Question three. Kevin Costner. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Swans Reflecting Elephants is a work from what early 20th century artists' paranoic critical period? Well, Michael, that does not hit me at all. Art is not my forte. I'm not bad at art. Mm, but comfortable. <laughs> but I know it's not that. Okay, I'm no, just saying enough. it's maybe that. All right, we're locked in. You want a three, two, one? No. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. Early 20th century. Early 20th century leads me to Picasso. And he's a guy who's had a lot of periods. He had the blue period, the red period, blah, 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 period. Uh, you know what just came to me, though? Okay. Van Gogh. He had paranoia issues. I had Manet down, but I think Van Gogh is more known for paranoia. I, I could be talked into that, yeah. 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 Van Gogh or Gauguin, not so I much. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. We're going to say Van Gogh. Okay. Or Van Gogh. Actually, it's funny. My uh, my aunt, who is a former art teacher, asked uh, who is the uh, artist that uh, removed his ear, and uh, one of her te- uh, one of her uh, p- um, her shoot students said uh, Vincent Van Halen. that famous dutch master that's right yeah anyway all right so uh, actually scott and i had a very similar conversation to you guys very similar indeed yeah chris wrote down van gogh and i wrote down picasso and i ruled out van gogh because i think van gogh was like in the 1800s i want to say he was especially like 1870s 1880s uh so that just left picasso so we said picasso all right. Van Gogh versus Picasso. Here Death we go. Match. So, Showdown. So Van Gogh died in 1890. I want him then. Can I change my answer? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, it's a little late for that, sir. After new, an- uh, after new, new information has been presented to us, I'd like to change my answer. <laughs> so this artist had a probably a little bit more famous painting called The Persistence of Memory. Oh, oh Dolly. And it's Salvador Dolly. That's Swan's Reflecting Elephants is a dolly. much more, that feels that totally like a Dolly painting would yeah. be. Yeah, and, and, and if that, you look at it, it, it is Swan's across the top yeah. and yeah, the reflection is No, elephants. 100%. <laughs> I always forget about him. At the end of the third round, score is 50 to 50. Your midpoint category is science. No! Science. I, mean, I mean, science. Don't like it. <laughs> it's a trap. Quarks are an elementary particle that come in six quote-unquote flavors. Name four of the six flavors. Who let the bear in here? Somebody put the bear out of the room. Wait, what was the question again? I couldn't couldn't hear the question for the screaming. (laughs) Quarks are an elementary particle that come in six quote-unquote flavors. Name the four of the six flavors. That's the entire question. Okay. It is. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah, we're home. Okay, yeah, I think so too. Um, so let's go. I'm positive on these three. You're po- I thought you hated science, mister. Science. Hey, we only need four. That doesn't mean I don't know things. You fibber. That's what he does. Know he your complains en- and know he thine enemy. We're locked in. Boorns. Michael lied. Yeah, so stars? Is that okay. what we're looking at here? Horseshoes? Diamonds? Green I, clovers? I like the green clovers, thank you. 
Like like I said, I said chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Those Napoleon, are some of my favorite flavors. Napoleon. Mm. I can go for a Neapolitan right I now. I could go for a Neapolitan. <laughs> That's a good call. So, I mean, are we? T- you think maybe si- size-wise is the uh, classification? Or? Uh, maybe pulsar, maybe okay. binary. Okay. I'm just throwing stuff up against the wall well, and seeing throw it sticks. F- yeah, okay. Because so, well, I know nothing So we could say this. pulsar and binary and then secondary and tertiary. <laughs> maybe. I, I'm going to laugh if it's, if it's right, but I doubt it. Hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. Can you think of anything else that we could... Uh, Quark up? No. Pulsar, binary, secondary, tertiary, because I don't know okay. anything about this. There so you go. Let's go with that. Locked in. All right. Gatorade. Tell us what this is, Michael, because you seem to know. Uh, I've, I just remember I've done a Sporkle quiz on these before, and so what we put down is up, down, straight, and for some reason that came to me last second, charm. So uh, Hank Green does a song called Strange Charm, and it will tell you all six quirks, up, down, strange, charm, top, bottom. Oh, wow, nice. It's strange, not straight. It's strange, that's not straight. And that's top great. and top bottom. And bottom. I, was, I was over here with wow. inner and outer. Yep. I, lear- I actually want to learn more about this now because that's just interesting. So listen to the song Strange Charm. Okay. Uh, so the lyric goes up, down, strange, charm, top, bottom. If you don't know what a quirk is, it doesn't matter. You still got them. Huh. Because they're an elementary particle, so they're actually smaller parts of the atom. After the midpoint, 65 to 50, Michael and Jonathan have taken a lead. All right, that is the end of the first half. Before we get on to the second half of today's game, I want to let you know that today's show is sponsored by Blinkist. You guys have heard me talk about Blinkist before. I really think it is fantastic. It's an awesome app that you can use to churn through nonfiction books at a speed you would have never thought possible. You're able to get the key points of the book. You're able to really dig in. You're decreasing the amount of time it takes to educate yourself. You're decreasing the amount of time it takes to learn new things. And that's fantastic. Everybody has time for Blinkist. See, what they do, the app basically takes 100, 200, 300 pages books and whittles it down to the key messages. And they might do that in eight pages. They might do that in 10 pages. It might be 13 pages. But these are short pages on your phone. It's not any more than 15 minutes. You can either read it yourself or you can listen to the audio, play it for you. There are 8 million people using Blinkist right now, and it's getting bigger and bigger. For me, my favorite time for Blinkist is in the car at stoplights. Oh my gosh, I might sit for 10 minutes on stoplights on my way to work every morning. I can read books now with Blinkist. And I don't mean like I used to when I was a kid where I'd have like a novel and I'd whip it out and read like a paragraph at a stoplight. I mean, I can legitimately get through the whole book at different stoplights on my way to work in the morning. It's fantastic, guys. Uh, something I read recently, this was a refresher for me because I did have the training once upon a time, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. These are principles that still apply to my work life today, and it was awesome to get a quick refresher on the key points by using Blinkist. Uh, another fun one that I read 
recently. This one was new to me. It was by Caroline Arnold, and it's called Small Move, Big Change. It focuses on how we can use micro resolutions, little changes, changing the small things, and really using that to build up to much larger changes. It's so much easier to change something for a minute than it is to change something for an hour, right? And so this was a great book. It was very motivational. Small move, big change. You can find that on Blinkist. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash TWA to start your free seven-day trial. That's Blinkist. That's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash TWA to start your free seven-day trial. Guys, if you use Blinkist for seven days, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to keep using it. It's amazing. Blinkist.com slash TWA. First category in round four is brought to us by Pete Alexa. Thank you, Pete. Oh, Pete was recently on the show. Yeah, he sent me a question like the next day. And your category is everything is everything. What mega hit? Seriously? Released Pete? In, <laughs> you jerk. Released in 1971 and voted the fourth greatest song of all time by Rolling Stone. Opens with idle chatter between the singer and Detroit Lions, Lem Barney and Mel Farr. We're going to lock in. All right, so talk about uh, talk about your answer because you're trying to talk yourself out of it, and I think the time is actually accurate. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of icon. If this is the fourth greatest song of all time, according to Rolling Stone, it's got to be a really mega hit. An imp- um, oh, um, yeah. Anyway, move on. Don't focus. It on, does have to be a mega hit. Uh, don't it's got to be focus on Jonathan. It's really got to be an iconic song, and seems like I remember there's an ambient beginning to. What's going on by Marvin Gaye? Okay. And where it's Detroit Lions, it's I'm thinking it's Motown. That's the only thing I'm stuck on. I don't know why I'm stuck on it, but okay. I, I can't get off of it. Uh, what What do you got? No, I had a I had a jar of nothing. I, I'm not I'm not great. I seem like I thought what's going on came out in the late '60s, but it no, may like be I, a, well, like I was telling you, I was just li- um, about a week or so ago. I was I I I messaged Jonathan actually and said, "Man, you've got to listen to the latest episode of Hit Parade because it's on Stevie Wonder." Yeah, and they were talking about one of the musicians that played in the band with Stevie Wonder early in his career, which was around sixty three, sixty four, hmm. was Marvin Gaye. Okay, before he became his own and then signed on and then signed uh, signed on with Motown. Okay, and so that's why that seventy one sounds about right. Because also, I don't think okay. that was his first hit. Okay, either. well, we'll, we'll go with it. I okay, guess. We're okay, gonna, yeah, we're we're locking in and uh, with what's going on. Okay, by Marvin Gaye. So our logic was uh, pretty much exactly the same as yours. <laughs> uh, I knew that from watching the the VH1, I love the '70s special. I knew the time frame was roundabout there. And I'm just trying to put together why would he be talking to a Detroit Lions? Maybe maybe they're friends because they're both Motown people. So, yeah, we went with what's going on. Wow. Wow. All right. This was, uh, like I said, voted number four on Rolling Stone's top 500 songs of all time. Everything is everything is actually part of that idle chatter. It's part of the conversation. Oh, okay. Uh, at the beginning of the song. And it is what's going on. Yes! by Marvin Gaye. Wow. Another one out of the backside on that one. <laughs> wow. Hey, doesn't matter how it gets there, it got there. I guess. Your next category is For the Horde. In Norse myth, Fafnir, 
is a dwarf that is corrupted by the cursed gold of Anvari, which he guarded greedily. It causes him to turn into what kind of creature? And Fafnir is F-A-F-N-I-R if you need that. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, we're locked in. Okay, they're locked in, okay. man. Wrote down a troll. On I wrote your... down troll. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because she did say what kind of creature, not animal. So yeah. it's probably not like, or it's not like a nymph. It's not a tree. I know some uh, Norse mythology, but I've never heard this story before, to be honest. Yeah, for the horde. What's that about? I don't know. I don't I'm know really... what this is either. I'm I'm stuck. I, yeah. That's all I got. Okay, that's, we that's locked all. in with troll. We're going to move on. Yeah. This reminds me of one of the recent uh, Rick Riordan stories. I'm hoping it's not a wyvern. I said a dragon. There for the horde is because he's hoarding uh, the gold that he's hmm. guarding greedily. Um, there are actually similarities between this story and the story of Smog in The Hobbit. It is a dragon. Doesn't well done, sense. you guys. Well Doesn't done. Doesn't make sense. Good job. All right. Last category of the round is brought to us by Zachary Walter. Thank you, Zachary. And your category is To the Last Man. You may think it outdated, but nostalgia and novelty is a powerful thing. The last one of these in the whole world still stands in Bend, Oregon. What is it? Locked in. Got it. Uh, three, two, one. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. Yep. Three, two, one. All right. Three, two, one. Blockbuster, Blockbuster video. video. It is Blockbuster Video. As captured in uh, Captain Marvel. So there are two. There are two guys that are actually doing a documentary about this blockbuster, in the last one in the whole world, because the one there was one in Australia that closed, I think, uh, earlier this year. the The goal of these two brothers is to actually get the documentary completed and on the shelves while this blockbuster nice. is still well open. Played. Nice, <laughs> well played. So what's our score? After the fourth round, score is ninety-five to seventy. Michael and Jonathan are winning. All right, first category in round five is I was told there would be no math. Ooh. What two-digit number is exactly two times greater than the sum of its two digits? It's this. We're locked in. No, so it's 99 is... No, it's, it's, it's going to be two different numbers. Oh. I think. Yeah, it's got to be two different numbers, yeah. Okay, it's this. Well, just tell, let's just say it. I think it's that. I think it's... Okay. If it's... One and eight. That's nine. Is nine times nine two times is eighteen. Yeah. So it's got to be one. I got you. All right, eighteen. So eighteen. Okay. We said eighteen. So uh, eighteen is exactly uh, two times greater than nine, which is the sum of one and eight. It is eighteen. Okay. Uh, Math. All that accounting is coming in handy. <laughs> <laughs> Next category is islands in the sea. That is what we are. <laughs> so Kotra is the largest island that belongs to what embattled Middle Eastern nation? And Socotra is S-O-C-O-T-R-A. We're locked in. Okay, so I think, I think embattled, I think, for some reason, I think Middle Eastern, and it'd be an interesting question if it was a Middle Eastern. Okay. But a country that had an, an island, well, I don't know. I'm... Com- other than that, I'm completely lost with this. What do you got? What are you thinking? Um, not too much. Again, geography is not really my, my yeah. bread and butter by Same any here. stretch of the imagination. Same here. And the thing that stinks is I just, Socotra, I'm just trying to think of, like, I'm just trying to break it down by the name a little bit to see if it points in any direction. I just, I don't know. I, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm lost on this so, one too. Um, you want to just say Afghanistan and call it a day, or okay, all right, go ahead. Okay, we'll lock in with Afghanistan. Okay. We didn't spend a lot of time on it because I don't think either one of us really felt good about the category or knowing much about it. Yeah. Uh, we said Turkey. All right. So you're looking for a Middle Eastern nation that uh, would be near water. And it's had a lot of conflict over the last few years. It is Yemen. Yemen. Uh, I'm going to Yemen. That's, okay. That's a friend's reference. Cool. <laughs> he told Janice he was going to Yemen to try to get away from her. She's and like, she oh, was look going you to up. walk him to the airport. So he had to go to Yemen to get away from Janice. So. Last category in the round is what you see isn't always the truth. What 1982 movie starring Julie Andrews is set in 1930s Paris and centers on Andrews characters nightclub performances? Andrews earned a Best Actress nomination for it. What's the movie? We're locked in. 100%. That's I was about to say that. Uh, so yeah, they're locked in. So I, the reason I was about to say it is I saw, I don't know what it was, but there's a clip on Facebook going around of a big reveal scene from Mm -hmm. that where she pulls the wig off. Uh, so what did you write down? I wrote down Victor Victoria. And I agreed. And we locked in with Victor Victoria. Yeah. You you wrote it down quick, Scott. I was impressed. It is indeed Victor Victoria. Nice. Turns out to come out the same year as E.T. and Poltergeist. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the fifth round, it is 115 to 90. All right. Your first category in round six is Legacies. Mr. Shakespeare's Comedies, Histories, and Tragedies was published in 1623 by two of Shakespeare's colleagues after his death. Modern scholars refer to this publication by what... Much shorter moniker. How about books and stuff? Yeah. Is that what you're going with? Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> let's, let's lock it in. Yeah, it's not coming. Yeah, we got nothing, <laughs> but you guys feel free to talk out your bag of nothing over there as well. Maybe they have something. We don't. We don't. Okay, I was. I had hope. Wait, I had something. Not, Shakes- I mean, not Shakespeare people. No, well, it's not that. No, obviously not. I was trying to figure it because a shortened name means it's part. It exists within the thing as it is. It's just smaller, and so it's like okay, maybe it's an initialism. Maybe it's M R C H T or M S C H T or something like that. And I think that's probably our best answer. That's probably. I don't. Like, we haven't thought of anything else, so no. we're gonna say M S T S. I'm M S T H C. M S C three thousand. That's M- what I was thinking. M S C H T. Okay. The uh, the original word I wrote down was compendium, because that's that I remember something about that, but I don't remember anything else. And Scott kind of liked that word. Yeah, so we just went with the compendium. Yes. So modern scholars call it the first folio. Mm. Hmm. Wow. No, I would not have See, gotten that. Yeah, with, I knew with, we weren't getting with, there. With another 45 minutes still. Nope. What's in a name? Let's see where you're going here. The Nimrod expedition, named for the ship that carried the explorers, was an attempt to be the first to reach the South Pole and was the first of three such expeditions by what British explorer? Okay, we'll lock in. Yep, we're locked in. I was listening to something on, like, No Such Thing as a Fish Mm -hmm. not too long ago. 
And I feel like the word Nimrod came up in reference to the South Pole. And it's one of the famous explorers. I feel like it's either Hillary Shackleton or Munson. I feel like it might be Hillary. I know he's, I know he's the mountain climber, but it's. I feel like it's either Hillary or Shackleton. What about Cook? Because he's Scottish. No, I no. don't think it's Cook. Okay. I would say Shackleton. Okay. I'm happy to take whatever you want because I have no idea. All right. We'll say Shackleton. Okay. I hope Michael's right because we went with Cook. So James Cook, uh, his ship was the HMS Endeavor. Okay. Okay. Uh, this happened at the beginning of the 20th century, and the guy who led the expedition was Ernest Shackleton. Nice yeah! job. Wow, nice job. job. Wow. Yep. Excellent. Good job, guys. And your last category before the gauntlet is actual game theory. What is the term given to the game analyzed in game theory where there are two suspects held by the police during an investigation, and if they both remain silent, they can go free. But if someone confesses, they get a lighter sentence, and the other gets the brunt of the punishment. I don't know. (laughs) Don't ask, don't tell. All right, we're locked in. So we have a lead that we can't lose at this point. Mm -hmm. Do you know the answer? I do not. Do you want to say the Kobayashi Maru? Why not? Kobayashi Maru. Okay. That's an Easter egg for some of you people out there. Well, it's... it's, If you know anything about Star Trek. It's been proven solvable by one person. Yes. Kobayashi Maru. Shut your hole. Because he cheated. Well, you have to. But he still won the game. Mm. Seems like I vaguely remember this from my business classes. I think it's the prisoner's dilemma. Yeah, and I've heard that term before, and that's why I signed off on it. So we locked in with Prisoner's Dilemma. So, and this is this is Game Theory 101, um, and what they find is that both suspects end up confessing because that is the guarantee that they at least get a light sentence. And that is the Prisoner's Dilemma. Nice job, Good job guys. All right, at the end of the sixth round, Michael and Jonathan have 125. Scott and Chris have 100. All right, what is the gauntlet category, Carmel? People, it takes a village. All right, our wager's locked in. All right, we're locked in with score. Okay, we everybody's locked in. Let's play us some, some gauntlet. All right, your first question in People, it takes a village. Entertainer Randall Mario Poffo passed away in 2011. He was beloved by many, including I'm pretty sure everyone else in this room. What was Mr. Poffo better known as? We're locked in. We're We're locked locked in. in. All right. Your next question. Horace Greeley was the founder of the New York Tribune and ran unsuccessfully against Ulysses S. Grant in 1872. Although that is an impressive resume, his biggest claim to fame was supposedly saying what phrase in regards to American expansion? All right. We're locked in. All right. So, we're locked in. All right. And your last question. What organization was founded in 1844 in London on the principles of muscular Christianity? Muscular Christianity. Yeah, that's got to be it. All right, we're locked in. All right, we're locked in as well. All right, so let's go through the questions. 
Entertainer Randall Mario Poffo passed away in 2011. He was beloved by many, including probably everyone in this room. What was Mr. Poffo better known as? I'd like for Scott to answer for both teams. I completely agree, Jonathan. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Stay trite. (laughs) So I was like, oh God, this is... I believe the answer you're looking for is the one and only Randy Macho Man Savage. Yeah. Randy Savage is the answer, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what you guys said, too. You guys said Leaping Lanny Poffo, right? (laughs) No. Horace Greeley was the founder of the New York Tribune and ran unsuccessfully against U.S. Grant in 1872. Although that's an impressive resume, his biggest claim to fame was supposedly saying what phrase in regards to American expansion. So Michael was all over this, and this was the point that we realized that these were uh, Village People songs. Yep. So go ahead, Michael. Uh, We said, go west, young man. And what's funny is I don't remember this song as a uh, as a Village People song, although it just hit me when I saw three of them on there. I remember it as a Michael W. Smith song, and it, we also wrote down Go West, Young Man. And your last question was, what organization was founded in 1844 in London on the principles of muscular Christianity? Yep, we locked in with uh, YMCA. We knew going in it was either going to be in the Navy or YMCA. (laughs) (laughs) So YMCA is what we went with. I didn't pick up on the hint at all. Wow. So Randall Poffo was Randy Macho Man Savage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horace Greeley said, supposedly, go west, young man. And the organization founded in London on the principle of muscular Christianity is the YMCA. All right. Wow. So nice, the nice songs, ballot, the really songs are nice. Macho Man, Go West, uh, which there was a, a version that the Pet Shop Boys did, and then um, oh, yeah. the YMCA. Wow, I didn't even think about that. So it comes down to wagers. It does, my and I wages. really, really, really wish that we bet it all because then there would be no doubt. Aha! Uh-huh. But we didn't bet it all. Okay. So let's hear what you guys wagered first. All right. Well, Scott, talk about your thought process. Well, I was going all over the place. Well, previously, I had wagered just enough to go over the hump, which was either win or lose. So in the previous game, we bet one point, so we would finish one point ahead. And this time, uh, we needed 25, so I bet 35 points. We bet 35 points. 35 points. That brings us to 135. It's a good wager. Yeah, yeah, they bet more. I'm sure they did. Yeah, because of his thought yeah. process. Oh, he thinks he's being sneaky. <laughs> no, like no I'm not being sneaky. I know y'all can read this part. Uh, unfortunately, though, we did beat you. Mm. Yeah, no, we beat the hell out of you. Uh, <laughs> from from post to post, we dropped Macho Man Randy Savage's elbow right across yeah. your sternum with a 24-point wager. Ooh, yeah. So, we finished with 149 points to your 135 points. There it is. Well done. All right. Good job, guys. Well done. Well played. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Dig That's it. the way it's supposed to sound. Uh, you may have won the match, sir, but you didn't win the voice off. Okay? <laughs> no, it's true. No, you're right. You're right. You can't. You what, got what, hey, what you don't it, understand is that's his Jay Lethal impression. When it comes, <laughs> when that's it comes, awesome. hey, you're the one with jealous eyes, brother. All right, <laughs> you got jealous eyes over my voice on this. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> it's it's I'm it's just, one of my only gifts that I have. All right, now it's time to do our promotions in the Trivial Warfare Army. First up, we have a promotion from Sergeant to Lieutenant. Michael Smith has promoted himself to Lieutenant. So has Jill Fazio. She has promoted herself from Private to Lieutenant. Thank you so much, Jill. Uh, Ryan Mahoney is a new captain. Thank you so much, Ryan. That's awesome. Uh, Kristen Sowers is a new Lieutenant. So is Sarah Knob. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, we have a promotion for Blaine Holderbaum. Blaine has promoted himself from Major to Lieutenant Colonel. That is outstanding. Thank you, Blaine. Uh, Ryan Lewinden is a new lieutenant. Thank you, Ryan. Chris Fiore is a new captain. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Kelly Pratt is a new lieutenant. Thank you so much, Kelly. My friend Raymond Gant, Scotty. Oh, my man, you are a new captain in the Trivial Warfare Army, and uh, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Brian Orso is a new lieutenant, and last but not least, Matt Shearer is a new captain. Thank you all so much. You all know that you are the best people in the world, and I mean that. You're, you're really the best. I've talked to people about it. They agree you're the best people in the world. If you want to be one of the best people in the world, just like these awesome folks, go to TrivialWarfareArmy.com and uh, find out how you can support the show. Well, gentlemen, you guys got to do your shout outs and uh, supports and stuff last week. I know, just to recap, uh, Michael's saying hello to Candace and all his folks on TV, and uh, Scott is saying hello to the Sin 6, and uh, Susan. That's right. All right, and what's your kid's name? Tyler. Tyler. Yeah, hey, Tyler. Tyler won't be listening, but uh, we'll say hi to Tyler anyway. Tyler, Ty- someday. Tyler doesn't pay attention to anything except for just his iPad. And <laughs> if it's not Roblox or um, uh, Pokemon, he doesn't care about it. At all. Tyler, someday you're going to grow up and you're going to be very proud of your old man. Well. And then you're going to realize that you're smarter than he is. That's he's already there. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's a funny life this this life of ours. All right, so that is going to wrap us up. So for Michael, for Scott, for Chris, and Carmella, I'm Jonathan, and this has been another episode of Trivial Warfare, where it's not just trivia, it's war. Bye, guys. Take care, Bye. everybody. Thank you for listening to Trivial Warfare. To learn more about the show and become a warhead yourself, visit TrivialWarfare.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or in any other good podcast app. And find us on Facebook or Twitter by searching Trivial Warfare. Warm It Up was written and performed by Matthew Stevens. This episode was edited and produced by me, Joel Sharpton. If you need help with your podcast, Find it at propodcastingservices.com. All right. Your first category in round one is first. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think Chris got lost.
I did. Hello, one, two, three. One, in two. Scott's eyes. In your eyes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know what I'm I thought? Glad, I'm glad we we stopped for that. <laughs> really? For that bad joke? No. It's, she's being sarcastic. Sheldon's. Hold up the sign. Hold up the sign. He needs the help. Because I could smell Jonathan from here. That's Scott's caramel breath. What? Yeah, caramel. Yeah, caramel breath. What? Yeah. I brush my teeth, though. Did I miss something With here? With caramel yeah. it's toothpaste? Okay. No, no. It's Crest toothpaste. Crest. Yeah, we had, I mentioned I had a uh, protein shake before. Uh, oh, there you go. Okay. Early this morning, and said I had to brush my teeth so I didn't uh, have caramel breath. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. Which, okay. Which, as I said, was Velveteen Dream's original gimmick. <laughs> was caramel Oh, there but, you go. Standards and practices and all. So yeah, it just he, uh, didn't sound as he got together with uh, Becky Lynch. Together they were the caramel <laughs> kicker. Oh, uh, <laughs> is that like the video game? You no. know, you know no, what they, they oh they need all yes. the help they can get getting back into society. Chris is having a Chris, moment. Chris died. When it's time to change, is it XCon or is it Bcon? <laughs> it's Bacon. Oh, Bacon. Again, depends on I where. I think you're, we broke him. What, what country you're in? Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. You all right, dude? There's some toilet water over there. <laughs> Need a swirly? <sighs> what do I say about being mean? <laughs> you appreciate how good I am at it? It wouldn't be the first time. Because francium is definitely an element. Uh, other things that might be out Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Finlandium, Norwegium, obviously wrong, Romanium, Belarusium, uh, Ukrainium. Sounds radioactive. Moldovium, Grecium, Italium. Monacoium. <laughs> See, none of these things. No. I'm honestly, I'm just, I'm trying to go the country route because I'm not good at naming elements. Right? Is there a uh, England, Great Britain, no. Britannium? Is Britannium one? Mm-mm. Englandium. Not to, not to European country. Did she say European country? She did say I, European. Okay. That's okay. why I'm stuck in Europe. Okay, gotcha. That's why he has um, to use the bathroom. Chris is not funny. Russium. Um, That's named after Russ Friedwald. He's obviously, <laughs> clearly. Uh, Croatium. Bosnia Ergozovinium. Mm. North Macedonium. Mm-hmm. I would love to say Armin Shimmerman, who played Quark and, <laughs> and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Why don't you say a shimmer quirk? As well as the uh, principal in the third season of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Before he got eaten by the mayor. Spoiler alert. Well, it's been a few years. And there's some kinky <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know if Carmelo's proud or a little scared. <laughs> oh, that's good. This episode now has the E explicit tag. <laughs> what could that be? Watch your mouth. <laughs> but I'm just talking about the horde. But it's really hard to see. <laughs> I see mine really well. It's because you have a big old mouth. You got them DSLs. 
Again, E for Can't explicit. Argue Can't argue with you. <laughs> Off the I put, rails. I put them to a different use. I was going with the clean version. He's however, got a big mouth. However you want to say it. I don't know. I wow. Just, I don't know.